Joey Salvia here, and it's a big episode. Oh, you're going to love this one. Laughs, life, death, even scatological humor, and everything under the kitchen sink. But first, let's take a call at 888 505 Opie. Hi, it's me, Jeff, from New Jersey. I grew up listening to Opie's dad, Don Imus. I knew all about Opie and Anthony, Anthony with a little A, but I could never really go deep until I got a car with satellite radio. And then when that happened, the week Anthony was fired, it was pretty ironic. I searched and I searched for the show. I couldn't find the show. But then one hot day in July, I think it was the 5th or 6th, Jim and Opie went live. I found those shows to be mesmerizing. I've listened to every iteration of Opie's rebranding since that time. Through all the changes, the one constant has been Opie's ability to bring out the very best of those who surround him. I often wondered what I'd do when I was retired, but I never had to worry because Opie has filled all the time left blank by Brother Don. I wish Satellite, serious Satellite, all the best. If not for uh, Ron Bennington, I would have canceled my account long ago. All I listen to now is Opie's podcast and, of course, Brother Wee's. Keep up the good work, man. Love the show. This is the Opie Radio Podcast, from Times Square at the Westwood One Lounge. You like that, Kelly? I like the fact that we're indoors this time. Kelly is a, a good friend of mine, um, and we decided to do a podcast very early on when I started this venture. <laughs> I made you meet me in a park. <laughs> and you made me walk as a fat girl. Yeah. About Well, less fat, though, I see. Less fat. Uh, every Kelly's time you see fat. me, I'm less fat. Now with less fat. Now with less fat. Every time. Less fat, more filling. Yeah, I made you uh, meet me in a park, which was very, very strange. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just so like allergic to being in a, in a studio yeah. at a radio station that uh, it, it suits me way better to to stay away from this atmosphere, except for this lounge that they uh, built me here at Westwood One. I like this. It's, I think this is cool. It's a bit on the small side. Yeah, you it's might small. you might it's need intimate. a you might need a little lose a few more pounds if you, <laughs> so you can fit in here. <laughs> oh, I fit see, fine. It, see, it's small. <laughs> There's I'm, plenty of room, I'm just especially kidding. with these 900 pillows. Uh, do you like the fuzzy pillows? Yeah, they're interesting. I did not pick them. Very pure one. You could tell that the CEO of Westwood One is a female. Yes. Because I went to her and I said, look. Or a gay man. Or a gay man, right. Yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, these kind of scream gay man to me. Do they really? They do. Oh, Christ. (laughs) Now I got to throw the pillows away. Not that there's anything wrong with being (laughs) gay. Yeah. She says that uh, the pillows look like uh, pillows that a gay man would, uh, would would pick out there. Mikey? Mikey agrees. Y- you agree He's with nodding. that? Turn on your mic, Mikey. That's Mike Sapphire. I Saffo. just got him in trouble. <laughs> his, his girlfriend pees on him, but uh, that's awesome. a story for another day. He, awesome. He, he doesn't really... Oh, really? You're into kinky shit? No, I just think that's awesome that you're into kinky shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, but you said awesome in a way. Awesome because... Oh, I think Kelly's into some cool. kinky no, shit. No, I'm not. I'm not. No? What's no, the kinkiest thing you're that. into, Kelly? Oh, man. You really think I'm going to tell you that on the air? Um, he the gets peed on. Into, I don't know. I'm really not into kinky shit. I just really am fascinated by other people's kinky shit, though. Why would you be fascinated by it? Because it's fascinating that people like stuff like that. Especially things involving pee and poop and... <laughs> like, <laughs> 
I'm going to defend Mike. I just have Mike. to wonder why. I mean, P. Going from P to poop. <laughs> no, no. That's a big step. That's a big leap of faith. Yeah, but they're what, both what, equally gross, I think. I, you th- I don't think there's a lot of people into the poo thing, right? No. no? You get on Mike. Mike. We need a ratio on that. Well, plug in. I mean, all of a sudden done. you're part of the podcast, so you might as well plug in. <laughs> like, the urine thing is one thing, and then you, you graduate to the, the poop thing, and then what? Yeah, but don't you think it's kind of like pot? Like, you start smoking pot, and then before you know it, you're on cocaine. Like, with the pee, maybe you graduate to the poop eventually. A, a gateway uh, yes. sex act? Yes. Pee is the gateway sex no act. No fucking way, man. I think. I think so. I, I, did, uh, I did coke well, a million years ago. Yeah. I haven't touched the stuff looked at the stuff in uh it's been so many years i can't even put a number on it but at least 20 it, mm-hmm. maybe 25 years um but i went back to pot after taking about 15 years off of that yeah maybe 20 years yeah i, th- I, I think i went 20 years without smoking pot so you're t- trying to tell me now i'm gonna move on to cocaine <laughs> i'm saying it could Hell be a gateway nah it could be a gateway and, and then what Not happens always. if you're into the poo thing you just finger paint each other up <laughs> I mean, how does that work, Mike? You should know this. No, I, I... <laughs> you shouldn't. Wait, let me turn you on. How do I turn your mic on? Yeah, turn him on. Mike in the bee dog. I never did a poo, and it's never going to come to the poo, so I don't know how that how that's even brought up in a conversation. I think we should talk about this for the entire time. That would be great. Just wouldn't poo it? and pee. How, so uh, it, she probably doesn't want us talking about the urine thing anymore, right? She's over it. <laughs> It was on the Bill Burr episode, the Eccles episode, two of the most downloaded episodes. Is she pissed? Pissed, get exactly. it? I was, she's cool. Yeah, she's cool. She's she doesn't cool. Care. She only cared because her whole family yeah. and the in-laws are big Bill Burr fans. Yeah. yeah. So they all tuned into that episode, and then she was getting messages from her sister and her brother-in-law like, hey, what's the whole thing with the pee? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm just checking in on you. And she sent me a text. I sent you the screenshot. Yeah, yeah. So I had to, hey, listen, what are you going to do? She knows. I'll yeah. just say it's for the podcast. <laughs> Theater of the mind. Nothing happened. We don't actually uh, sit around and pee on each other. <laughs> but wait, she's the peer and you're the receiver, No, we, bo- we both do. We both do. Oh, you both do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. That's even more interesting. Do you do you stay away from the face? Oh, yeah. No face. No, no face. face. No okay. face. <laughs> no face. It's usually on the private areas of each other. That's what it is. And what is the, the, the purpose, may I ask? It was never really a purpose. We were in the shower one day. Um, we were on vacation. We were in the shower. And like she did it like on my leg. I'm like, oh, that was hot. She's like, oh, I always wanted to try it. Right. I'm like, all right, let's try it. You know, you, you got a few drinks. We'll try it. And it, it really was sexy. And yeah. I know people, it's not like you're coming home and just walking over and just peeing on while she's playing a video game. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in the moment. And like, it, it does get hot. It's it's a hot thing. Mikey, it's urine. Of course it's hot. Well, okay. it's, it starts with you uh, putting down a gallon of water yeah. on the table. <laughs> you, you gotta, Maybe it's go time. <laughs> you got to prepare for this. It's like a game. You know, when you work out, you take pre-workouts. <laughs> does it sound like that? <laughs> Well, you want you want it to be diluted. You don't want it to ever be yellow and smelly. You know. So. <laughs> oh my god! But that's what pee is. It's yellow and smelly. If you drink a gallon of water, it's just clear, so you don't even. You know, there are there are some people that will drink their uh, urine because it has all the nutrients and the vitamins. Yes, it's supposed to be very healthy for you. Yes, for real. No, I know. Yeah, the the whole jellyfish thing. If you get stung with a jellyfish, you're supposed to pee on yourself. Uh, <laughs> Is that true? I, I, I guess. I mean, I've been stung by jellyfish. I just deal with the itch. <laughs> just deal with it. <laughs> you don't resort to peeing no, yourself. And, and then you would look like a fool, and then you pee on it, and then you realize it's, it didn't work. 
<laughs> right? Anyway, I'm here with Kelly, my my good friend. And, uh, and we're she, talking about pee. She did a podcast, and uh, I made her meet me in a park. And uh, it was a tiny little park. And then she, she went deep about uh, the loss of her husband. And the episode was called uh, Dying While Petting Kittens. What episode was that? Do you remember offhand? It, it was early on. Very early, early on. on. Episode 29. But thanks for playing. There was a lot of tears and a lot of... It and was laughs. And laughs. A lot of laughs. Yeah. A lot of tears. Um, people really, really liked that episode. Yeah, they Way it. more than I thought they would. Yeah. I, I knew you would be good for the podcast, but I had no idea, man. Yeah. Because we all deal with the grief thing. And nobody talks about it, and everybody can relate. And right. so when somebody does talk about it, especially as brutally honestly as I do, people yeah. are often shocked by that. Absolutely. Like, oh my God, you know. So I decided to do another podcast with Kelly because uh, as we're walking away, she goes, oh my God, I forgot to tell you all the hilarious dating stories after <laughs> I became a widow and <laughs> and all this other stuff. I'm like, all right, well, let's give it a little time, then you come back and then we could talk about some uh, some fun stuff. Yeah. But for the people that don't know, you got a book out. Could you explain... Um, Quickly, because we did in that podcast. For the people maybe that didn't listen to that podcast, uh, you know, what you're all about as far as the book and your husband. Sure. My book is called My Husband is Not a Rainbow, um, and it is on Amazon right now. And it is a brutally honest, funny book, uh, a look at grief, a look at loss, a look at love and life, and what it's like to lose somebody you love in the middle of your life. Right. Uh, which is what happened to me. And my husband had a sudden death in uh, July of 2011 and had a massive heart attack. And um, Pretty much then, while he was petting kittens. While he was petting kittens at a PetSmart. <laughs> his part-time <laughs> job. Hence the title of the episode last time. <laughs> Brutal, right? <laughs> what a way to go. At least he wasn't getting peed on. Yeah. <laughs> right, that would be really awkward. <laughs> while petting a kitten. Right. At least when they found him, you know, he had kittens licking his face. He wasn't drenched, you sick fuck, Mike. <laughs> and his name uh, is... His I name is Don Shepard. Right, I should say is. A lot of people like to say his name was or whatever, but, you know... <laughs> He's I, dead, he still has a name, right? Well, I feel like when we lose our loved ones, you know, their lives do go on no matter yeah. what you believe in yeah. uh, with the people that are left here on Earth. Absolutely. So I talked about my dad's death, and he's been gone 14 years and I still think about him. I still have conversations with him because I know what he would say in certain um, instances. So we have our conversations. Yep. Sometimes uh, in the middle of the night, I, I'm convinced that I'm visiting him. I, yeah. I, I want to I talk to the experts about that shit. Because yeah. sometimes you're like, I just had a moment with my dad in the middle of, uh, yeah. in, in the middle of this sleep. Yeah, was that real? Yeah, because it feels real, doesn't it? It, it, feels it, it really does. Real. It really does. Yeah, that's happened to me a lot, too. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where you just feel like a hug, or you feel them there, you feel their presence, and, it's, right. and you know it's real. It's not. Right. You know, you wake up, and it feels different than just a regular dream. It's right. It's something more. Right. And it's hard to put into words, but it's very real. Mike, you got to get your shit together, because if you lose someone really important, they're gonna see you, you know, with this pee thing I only, from, from the other from the other side. They're gonna be right. like, "Let me check in on my boy Mike." That was my nephew. Look at that kid. He had so much promise, and I'm laying on the floor. And at that moment, when they check in, that's what you'll be doing. Yeah. 
<laughs> they don't check in during the important accomplishments. Never. Nothing. Just the pee. That's why I always, you know, I think we talked about last time when relatives go, oh, he knows. He knows. He's still watching. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, out for you or whatever. <laughs> yeah. he, he's still seeing everything. I'm like, I, I sure hope he's not seeing everything. <laughs> I know. That's that's my reaction to it. Right. I'm like, well, well, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So how's uh, how's the book doing? The book's doing really well for an unknown author like me, you know, who's not famous or anything. It's doing pretty well. It's selling really well. And I do a lot of book signings and things like that. I have right. one uh, tonight with um, two two fellow widowed authors, Michelle Miller and John Polo. We're doing a an event at uh, Duet Karaoke, and it's open to everybody. So come on down. It's on 53rd Street. Nice. Um, and 7th Avenue. What kind of karaoke? It's just, we're just hosting, we just thought it would be fun to do a karaoke book signing party instead of a regular book signing, so we're just going to host it, the three of us, and we'll do, anybody can get up and do karaoke, we'll do karaoke. Right. It's, it's. Have you ever been there? It's cool. It's this place where you rent private rooms to do karaoke. Oh, very and you have cool. private karaoke parties. Uh, I just died in your arms <laughs> yes. tonight. Yes. That's so what we're doing. We're going to do death songs. Uh, I always hear how that song I started. That song. Uh, I, uh, who says it that way? Just sing. Uh, I, I just died in your arms tonight. Must have been something you said. Right, exactly. Um, man, you wrote a long book. I did. It's like it's like eight hundred and ninety pages, I think. Six hundred. It really is six hundred pages. Yeah, six thirty-four, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. Mike reads a book a week. Yeah. Yeah, that's intimidating. Yeah. I see that? Yeah. It's on Kindle. It's even longer on Kindle. Yeah, still intimidating. But you don't have to pick it up and be heavy. But then when you look at the bottom, you see you still have like eight thousand percentage <laughs> yeah. things left. That's too intimidating, really. <laughs> But I got to say, it is long. However, every single person I've talked to, and you can look on Amazon, if, if you don't believe me, the reviews are like really good. Yes. And everyone's saying like, it's riveting. Like, I didn't think it, it would be riveting because it's about death, but it's yeah. riveting. I can't put it down. Like, I've heard that over and over again. What makes so. it riveting? Why, why are they saying that? Because it's I mean, honest, it's funny, it's brutal. Right. It's uh, it, I wrote it in real time, so the second he died, I started writing. Like that night, I started writing because I've always been a writer, so that Jeez. always helped me cope. Right. And I didn't know what I was writing. I didn't know it would be a book. I just was like, I need to fucking write. Like, and I started writing furiously that night, which turned into his eulogy, which turned into a blog, and then people started saying, you need to write a book. So I did. And it's all in real time instead of, like most grief books, look back yeah. at the, that time. Yeah. Mine is in real time. So it follows me for like six years and you you just see the raw pain and you see like a person transform and change over a right. few years time. Oh boy, the first year. Jesus, Mike. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> yeah, I got blamed. <laughs> There's moisture. I, I'm sure you're getting hard over there. It's all Mike's fault. <laughs> I see one to control yourself over there, boy. You want her to drip on you? <laughs> he's drinking water. Now he's really turned on. I feel bad because Mike's going to be my foil because, you know, this is some tough shit. It is. This death thing is tough for I everybody. Know. Yeah. Uh, did you yeah. watch the Bush uh, funeral a few days ago? I did, but I got to be honest, because my husband was a um, an Air Force vet and his funeral, he was also a paramedic, so his funeral was Air Force, you know, service, everybody, flags everywhere. Um, I was handed the, you know, the American flag folded up. Like it was, so I, I have a problem watching 
military sure. or president's funerals or like the ceremony because it, right. it brings me right back to Don's right. funeral. So I couldn't watch most of it, but I did see some of it. Well, the the one thing I took away from the funeral, and I think a lot of people took away from it, was the fact that in the end, uh, George Bush was yeah. saying goodbye to his father. His father, yeah. That was beyond obvious to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, the accomplishments and all that. That was that was for everybody else. And, yep. sh- and sure, uh, George Bush talked about that as well. But in the end, you watched a guy talking about his father. Yeah, and he held it together till that last sentence, oh, and then he was just my heartbreaking. God, yeah, because <laughs> he was supposed to have a um, a sister. Well, he did have a sister, but she died at she three died. years old. Mm-hmm. And he said something like, "All he wanted to do was uh, hold his wife's hand again." And yep. and so right now he's holding, uh, he's hugging Robin and holding yep. Barbara's hand. Yeah, yeah. The best father a son or daughter could have. And in our grief. I just smile knowing that dad is hugging Robin and holding mom's hand again. Oh my God. Yeah, that I was, know, it was like, brutal. That was heavy. Was but heavy. I also felt sorry for the Bushes because anyone that has gone through this, and, and pretty much all of us have, you don't escape this, just reminded me of just walking around like a zombie for yeah. three or four straight days. That yeah. whole family. Yeah. I tweeted, like, man, these guys need to sit down. <laughs> they, were sa- they were standing for pretty much a week straight. Yeah. Yeah, and you are. You're like a zombie. And, and when it's, uh, for me, when it, because it was such a shocking death, I was a zombie for like a year. Right. Literally. I was just, I would wake up every morning and just be like, did this happen? Like, did this really happen? Yeah. You know, and seven years later, I, there's still days where I'm like, wow, my husband's dead. Like, right. <laughs> it just comes into my head randomly out of nowhere, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's always going to be weird. Like, right. when it's, how's his know. How's his family doing uh, with it? His family, are they doing as well as you are? No, that's the, the short answer to that is no. They're they're pretty dysfunctional, so I don't keep in touch with most of them. Okay. He has a nephew that I love to death, and we keep in touch. And uh, he has a half sister that I keep in touch with. But other than that, right, they're kind of not in the picture. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Don was kind of adopted by my family because my family oh, loved him, you right. know, and his family was never very yeah. Um, yeah, they just weren't in the picture. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing from the Bush, uh, the Bush funeral is the fact that I don't, you, you see that and 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 you realize I realize anyway. It's like what a waste mm-hmm. because I you I I think you want to say all that stuff to the person when he, when, when they're, they're alive. still alive. It, yeah. it, was, it was an amazing yeah an amazing event. Yep. I call it an event with the the singers and the bands. Yeah, because it's like a tribute to that person. And the jets flying by and the beautiful cars and the private and then the Air Force. It was everything. Yeah. And then you're like, but this guy is dead. Right. Is he actually seeing this? He's there, Opie. He's there. (laughs) Who knows? I'm starting to think, I, I really am starting to think after you die that you do move on. Yeah. But not like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some blobby, weird, spiritual energy form thing. I agree. I I believe that now. Yeah. I don't don't believe you're sitting on a cloud. No. Hanging out, having a good time. No, I never did believe that. I always believed in energy because that's real. Energy is real. You can't fight science. Yeah. So... To me, that's the same thing. Spirit, energy, soul. It's all yeah. kind of the same Your spirit thing. and your uh, Actually, it is your soul. You're right. Yeah. I believe your that. Your soul leaves your body and you become energy because we're all energy anyway. So our yeah. body dies. Our heart stops. 
yeah. our brain stops. And yeah. what happens to the energy? It, energy can't die. It can't be destroyed. No, so what happens to it? That's the soul. Yeah. It just so. borrows our dumb bodies. Yeah. Right. All right. I'm done with you. <laughs> Goodbye. Exactly. And then moves on to something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully it moves on to a body that isn't into pee. <laughs> <laughs> I promise this will be the last time it's I'm okay. talking about it with you. It's you, just, you know it's, it's not, just right? too, no, it's, 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 I'm an easy crutch right now. I know it's, I know. it's just too good, though. <laughs> it's just too good. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> and and is this book helping a lot of people? It is. It's helping a ton of people, and I know that because people tell me that pretty much every day. I get met private messages on Facebook and emails and um, people saying how much it's helped them and yeah. how much it's made them feel like they're not alone, like they're not crazy, like the thoughts they're having aren't crazy. And, oh, my God, I can't believe somebody wrote something this honest. This is exactly how I feel. You know, those kind of comments. Right. So it's helping a lot of people. And it really honestly helps anybody who's going through any kind of loss. It doesn't have to be the loss of a spouse or a partner. Right. Um, any kind of loss if you read this book, it's a great gift to give somebody. If you go to Amazon and order it for somebody else, like for Christmas or something, it's a great gift for somebody else who's going through a loss. Like people ask me all the time, what can I do? Yeah. My best friend lost her husband or whatever. What do I say? What do I do? I don't know what to say. You can give them resources. You can say, I don't get this, what you're going through, but this woman does. And she wrote a book about it. I'm going to gift it to you. Get them a copy. Well, it's good to know my elders are watching me from above. I hope my Uncle Carmine is getting a thrill as I click furiously through you porn. And Mikey, put this on your weekly reading list. Podcasting for Dummies. By the way, we'll leave a link to Kelly's amazing book, My Husband is Not a Rainbow, in the description of this episode. Now let's take care of a little official business, Greg. This episode is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. NHTSA is working hard to change habits and save lives during the holiday season. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash, people could get hurt or killed, but let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, Drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Many people are unaware that driving while high can be just as dangerous. In 2015, 42% of drivers killed in crashes tested positive for drugs. Not so harmless after all, is it? And get this, from 2007 to 2015, marijuana use among drivers killed in crashes doubled. The truth is, driving while high is deadly. So, stop kidding yourself. If you're impaired from alcohol or drugs, don't get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Drive sober or get pulled over. Radio. Back to Greg's conversation with Kelly Lynn and her advice on dealing with the death of a loved one. Greg? What's the one thing you could say to someone that uh, lost someone? Like it just happened. Like it just happened. Yeah. What, what's the one thing you could say to somebody? You think? Do I know this person well? <laughs> <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Why is there a difference? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you don't know somebody at all, if it's just like an acquaintance, you know, yeah, and they just they just lost somebody, 
what you would say would be different than if you if it's like your best friend that just lost somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always just say, you know, hang on, it it does get better. Yeah. That's the that's all you could say. That's all really all you can say. Is just it's hang really on, it will get better yeah and, and I it think, will become something different yes right yes, absolutely but i think when it just happened that might even be too much for some people to hear i mean i think that's a good thing to say don't yeah. get me wrong but i think people in the fog won't necessarily hear that it'll just kind of go in one ear and out the other right um a few months down the road that's a great thing to say Right. But right away, I'd, I would just be there for them and just tell them that you're going to be there for them and then do it. Follow yeah. through, you know, and do specific things. Like, that's what I always tell people. Like, you know, don't just give a vague thing like, oh, call me anytime because then you're putting that person in the position where they have to call you and they have to make the move. And people who are grieving don't have the energy to do that and they don't know what they want or need. Yeah. yeah. So do something specific. You right. know, next Wednesday night, if it's okay with you, I'm going to take you out for dinner or, you know, I'm going to put some frozen meals in your freezer. I'm going to take your kids to the park, whatever it right. is. Right. For that situation. So so you shouldn't say whatever you need, man. No, no. <laughs> Call me anytime, day or night. <laughs> That's just, <laughs> day I mean, or I night. Mean, but in all fairness, the people mean well, but. Sometimes they do, but. But I think they're, you know, they can't wait to move on. Yes. They can't wait to get back in their car and drive away from the funeral home. Absolutely. So what? imagine no if wants, I did no, call that person let, that says, call me anytime, day or night. Five months later, I'm calling them. Hello? You yeah. Know, four in the morning. Yeah. You said call anytime. Because we all want out. we all want to avoid that shit. Absolutely, at nobody all wants to talk about it. Although in Mexico, they're a little weird down there. They really celebrate. They celebrate it. They they just celebrate death. Yeah, yeah. That Coco movie, Coco. I, I had to bring my kids to. I'm like, this is creepy, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's their culture. Like they hang out in the graveyards yeah. and dance and bring food and yeah. and it's a huge celebration. They they celebrate the dead. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, because they believe that when you stop talking about the dead, that's when they die. And that's what I believe, too, honestly. I mean, it is a little creepy the way the extent they go to. But that's my belief, too, is right. like that's why I always talk about him and tell stories. And, right. you know, and whether it's again, whether it's your husband, your grandmother, your best friend, whoever dies, like we should talk about them. Why yeah. should that be a shameful thing? That's yeah. ridiculous that it's a shameful thing to talk about people yeah, that I, are dead. Yeah, I understand. S you know? Somewhere in between. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're like, uh, you know, having a fiesta on top of a <laughs> grave. Of grave. I mean, wow. <laughs> Hanging up a pinata. <laughs> it's like, well, all right, look, I get that. I get it. We want to, you know, be a little happier about this. Yeah, but my, we want to celebrate. My goodness. There's a, there's a town in India. Oh, man, maybe Mike could look it up. A uh, very spiritual town where people go to die. What? And really? yes, and they burn the bodies. And no one's really sad because it's an incredible celebration because you're oh releasing God. the soul and the spirit. It's Hinduism. Wow. And supposedly, uh, I, my, hopefully Mike has the information. I didn't realize I was going to bring this up today. I should have like did research on this. But um, the fire has been burning mm -hmm. for like thousands of years. Oh, my goodness. And, and one lady went there to die. And somehow the story goes that she – you got the you got the name of the, the town there, Mike? It starts with a V, I think. Yeah, you nailed it. Viverdon, where Viverdon? Indian widows go to die. V R I N D A V A N. Indian widows, widows go to die. Widows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they live in the ashes. Yep, that's it. 
And, and the fire's been burning for how many years? I didn't get Does that. Does it say? No, but it's, they're awaiting their turn to die. Yeah. Well, there was one lady that went there because she thought she was going there to die, and it turns out she didn't die, and they got her out of the town, and she was really freaking mad. <laughs> She was really mad. That's how special this place is as far as, you know, uh, so leaving this earth. So they go there like when they know they're dying? A lot of people go as their last thing. Yeah, and they'll That's hang crazy. out. They'll pretty much hang out in the town. Wow. And uh, then they die and then they throw their body basically on this, this fire that's been burning for, I, I, I want to know how long, but for a really long time. Yeah. And the ashes are supposedly like two or three stories high. You're fired. That's crazy. How crazy is that? That's really crazy. And they said no one's sad. Everyone's a, a, incredibly, uh, yeah. you know, happy and, and spiritual uh, over there. I so. wonder why it's widows specifically that said widows go to death. Huh? 500 years. It's, the fire's been burning for 500 years? For 500 years. Wow. Yeah. I gotta look this up because that said widows go right. there to die. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly widows who go there because they're so poor. The husbands die. They can't support themselves anymore. Right. So they're going there knowing they're going to die, and they're so poor that when in their towns, yeah. they can't do anything else. So they're just going there basically for support and for food and oh, stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's sad. So the people in the town support them yeah, as, it seems like as it's the really family sad, normally yeah. would. I heard it, was, uh, it wasn't sad at all. Well, it's sad that people are so poor that they have to go there alone, <laughs> but they're loved there. They're not like outcasts there. Right. But they're leaving their place because they're lonely. They have right. no yeah. husband anymore. Right. And they're going there to die. Oh, my God. Well, that's that's a little different. Yeah. You sure? It's not at all what you said. I did a quick search on it. Great. Now every pimp on 8th Avenue is going to head to India. (laughs) (laughs) No, they are going there to die. It's the city of widows. Yeah, that I know. City of widows. It is the place you go to die. And and they throw you on the fire, right? Mm -hmm. There you go. That's horrifying. And they get rid of that vessel. That dumb vessel of ours, and let the uh, the soul be free. Well, this widow ain't going there to be thrown in the fire. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that ain't happening. No, your life is uh, <laughs> back on track. You're doing well, right? I'm doing well. Since I last saw you? I'm doing well. Are you still with that guy? That guy, yes. Yeah? Yes, Nick is his name. Yeah. Yeah, we've been together 17 months. Nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's a relationship. It's right. love. Yeah. But does he still have to hang out with Don's pictures all over the place? <laughs> less. Less of Don's pictures. Less of Don's pictures. How does that feel? <laughs> I don't know. Ask him. Have him on. Um, no, how does that feel for you? Like, is it oh, weird? No. Is it weird for me what? To have, it, well, it's weird for well, him, obviously I would imagine. It's hard to explain, but it, obviously you care so much about Don still. Yeah. But you got this new- uh, Love. Love in your life. Okay, so and, he's and, very And now Don's got less and less pictures. No, 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 no. No, he, has, he would never ask me to put less pictures up. That's not what I meant. What I meant is that but when time goes by a little bit, I have chosen to put a few less up because I had like a fucking shrine next to my bed right. and it got a little weird because yeah. <laughs> I had a boyfriend, so- I felt weird about it. It was never him asking. He would never ask me to do that. Right. Um, he's really cool about it. He's really, really pretty amazing about it, actually. He, he takes me to go and, you know, put more ashes down where Don's, uh, you know, where we got married. And he, he's he's really great. He's very supportive. Very supportive. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. He I, lets me love Don and lets me love. He understands, right. you know, that I'm always going to love How do you him. separate the two? I don't think you have to. I think you blend the two. Right. You know, you just you have your life today and you have this person who you will always love who died. And you have this other person who's here on Earth and that you love and that you love right now. Right. You know, and I kind of think that it's all connected in some way. Do you find it strange that you had to lose Don to be with this guy? 
Yeah. Because I bet you at this point, you can't imagine your life without the new guy. Correct. But to get to that point, you lost something that was meant more than anything in the entire world. Yeah, but I don't believe that like one happened in order to get to the other, if right. that makes sense. Sure. I just believe that it happened because of the way I live my life. Like right. I my, opened my heart again to, lo- to the idea of love. Um, and I found somebody that will allow me to keep loving the other person. And I got to say it, but it is the truth. Like Don would want that. I know, totally would. I know that's something that a lot of people say yeah, and use. No, but in this really case, would. he would have wanted you to find happiness yes. past this uh, horrific yes. event. Totally. Yeah. yeah I, we talked on the last podcast. My my dad was married twice. Yeah. And the only reason I'm here is because he, he lost his first wife right. at a very young age, a kidney disease. That is more or less you can live with nowadays. But back right. then, you got this thing. You were done. She died in her, in her 20s. I don't even know how old, how old she was when she died. And he lost two kids. We went over all this. Um, and the only reason me and my, uh, my five brothers, and, I, I'm one of seven, but there's six of us from my, my mom. Uh, the only reason we're all here is because he went through all that. Right. So we got drunk one night. And I go, Dad, come on. <laughs> it's time to talk. Like, because he never talked about her or his past, you know, his past life before yeah. my mom. And I go, come on, it's time to talk. Yeah. How do you wrap your head around all this? And he's like, yeah, I can't imagine my life without you and the rest of the kids and stuff. I just look at it as uh, two different lives, mm-hmm. which was fascinating to me. I do, too. It's like, be, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like a different person than I was when I was with Don. Right. I, because loss changes you so much. Right. The loss of the person you love changes you entirely. So I'm like a different person now. And the person I am today has Nick. And the person I was then had Don. That's right. That's how I see it, too. Right. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But before Nick. <laughs> yes. You're a widow. <laughs> And how long did it take before you started dating? I waited a really long time. I just wasn't interested for a long time. I, I waited five years. You went five years? Yeah, I didn't kiss anyone. I didn't have sex with anyone. I didn't do anything. Nothing. I was not interested. I can't even tell you, you how uh, disgusted I was you, by the idea. Did you, you know... That's in the book. What? <laughs> Diddling? <laughs> did, I did, did I diddle? <laughs> did I pee on myself? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the, what, the, the, it's in the book? It is in the book about how awkward that was. So to answer your question, are you asking me if I masturbated? Yes. Um, We're adults here. So this is, yes. this, this is such a weird answer, but it's the truth, and this is how brutally honest my book is. I tried for a long time, and I kept – it's so fucking depressing, but I kept, like, stopping. I couldn't complete because I was so depressed. Like, I would start off and then – to get turned on, I would think about my husband, and then I'd be like, "But he's fucking dead!" Like, and then I'd get depressed, and then I I would just start crying, and then I would stop. <laughs> so it was a nightmare. So, oh my god! <laughs> so I couldn't like even self pleasure. I couldn't do anything. You're like, getting moisture in the wrong part of your body. Yeah, oh exactly. <laughs> I should have tried peeing. Wow, really? Yeah. So you're. You're, oh my god. Yeah, and oh, like that that's so the stuff sad. nobody talks about. And like when I wrote that in the book, so many, I'm telling you, so many people messaged me and said, oh my God, like that, that happened to me too. And, right. but um, couldn't you think of like the garbage man or somebody else? I, Why did it have to be your dead husband? I don't, that's what would come into mad. my mind. That's what would come into my mind. Well, what about some other fantasy? <laughs> But all my fantasies were of us because we had such a great oh, life together. Wow. And he loved Christmas, by the way. 
He did. Love. So this is extra, extra sad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. He did love Christmas. Yes. I love Christmas. We all. Well, I love Christmas now that I have kids. Yeah. I went a long time and uh, not really giving a shit about it. I thought it was a, just a big pain in the ass. Yeah. I yeah. really did. It can be. I'm like, why be. am I walking around this mall trying to find shit? <laughs> <laughs> but even like a year, two years after he died, I like a guy would flirt with me or whatever, and I would turn the corner and literally get sick to my stomach. Like the idea of someone else made me so sick. Like it made me nauseous. Wow. And I was that way for three or four years. And then I started um, dating around the fifth year. Five years. No kidding. Yeah, and I had a relationship the fifth year, which was with a widower, and it was horrible. He was a hoarder and a liar and cheater, and he was just a bad person. Well, you um, got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. So <laughs> <laughs> he did not av- pee on me. So <laughs> if you can avoid the bags of cat shit that <laughs> right. he was collecting in the hallway, he's <laughs> right. not a bad guy. It's not a bad. No. Guy. So why did you? Uh, why did you uh, have a relationship with him? And when did you realize because this is I ridiculous? Because I made a fucking mistake and, you know, I didn't know well, what the hell I was mistakes. doing. And sure. uh, I just chose the wrong person. And, um, yeah, but he he was like my, my first time and my, whatever, after dawn, after the death. And so yeah, it was it was very weird. While we all still have an image in our heads of the new boyfriend, Nick, the same in missionary position over Kelly in the old wedding bed with a giant picture of her late husband, Don, still on the wall, most likely giving a paranormal reach around to Nick. Let's talk about the world's greatest mattress, Greg. Oh, yeah. Purple mattress. Mikey, you know why I like purple mattress, right? Oh, I know. They finally came through and they got Carl. A purple mattress for the creepy cabin. Oh, yeah. Carl's getting things done at the stabbing cabin with the purple mattress. Good for you, Carl. Good for you. I'll tell you why I like purple mattress besides the fact that Carl got a brand new mattress. If you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. The purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam I'm used to and you're used to. The purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time, so it keeps everything supported while feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. And check this out, 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. Backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, it's Purple Mattress. Let me just say this. If you're really enjoying this podcast, I, Opie, actually I'm going to use my real name, I, Greg Hughes, would really appreciate it if you got a Purple Mattress the next time you're in the market for a new mattress, okay? I'd really appreciate it. Support the sponsors, you bitch. <laughs> you could say bitch these days, right? I mean, I love the, I love the women, but when you say bitch, it's a female thing, isn't it? I'm so confused by the new rules out there. My God. No, seriously, though, if you like the podcast, please support the sponsors, especially Purple Mattress. You're going to love Purple, and right now, our listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. All you have to do is text OPIE, O-P-I-E, to 474747. The only way to get this free pillow is text OPIE at 474747. That's OPIE to 
474747. Message and data rates may apply. Purple Mattress, once again, thanks for getting Carla Mattress. Really appreciate it. Later on, we'll get to your calls at 888-505-OP. But back to Greg, who is now fixated on Kelly's first guy after Don, the hoarder. Can I ask about the hoarder a little bit more? Yeah, sure. What did he, uh, what was his thing? Everything. Like, everything on earth was in his house. Garbage, um, so he could have been food. on. He could have been on the show. What the whole yeah. oh, show? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Did he have Hell pathways yeah. and all that? Oh yeah, and and I he hid it from me. I'm like I didn't with know. Hoarders. I didn't know he was a hoarder because he would always make up an excuse of why we couldn't hang out at his house. So we would hang out at my apartment. This is when I was still living in New York. Yeah. And so I'd be like, all right, we'll go back to my place. And we would, we're would we always at my place. I'm like, can I come to your house? And I started thinking, like, dude, are you married? Right. And Because <laughs> he was telling me his wife was dead, too. And I'm like, I think you're married. <laughs> you know? And he's like, no, no, I'm not married. So then finally he was like, all right, I'll, I'll let you come see my house. And he was all embarrassed. And he was like, please don't leave me. Like, before he opened the door to his house, he was yeah. like, please don't leave me no matter what you see in here. And he opens the door, and it's just this fucking nightmare. Oh, how bad? Come on, you gotta explain. Like newspapers, newspapers, garbage. Just did it smell? Oh, it stunk. There was shit. Literal. Oh, you'd like this, Mike. There was shit (laughs) on the walls of the bathroom and on the floor and on the ceiling and um, like everywhere. Actual shit. Actual shit. Like smeared. So like what was smeared, that about? Like a fucking painting of shit. He might have been a serial killer, man. That, yeah. that sounds way worse than hoarding. <gasps> did, did it smell? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, did yeah. Did you ask why is there shit smeared all over your walls I and ceilings? S- yes. And he was so embarrassed. And he just, he, we just left the house. We stayed there for like 20 minutes and then we left. And we just like went out to dinner and left the house and went somewhere else. And I was like, I'm not, I'm never going back there again. You need to take care of that shit. <laughs> Literally. <The> shit. <laughs> and so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And soon after we broke up, but like he was. Wow. It was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. And that was a product of grief of somebody not coping with their you, wife's death. Oh, you think it started after his wife's death? I know it did. I know it did. And that's, that's, that's uh, very common. I've read about it. It's very common that people, a lot of people who hoard, who are hoarders, it's because of a trauma that happened. Right. And the, the trauma happened in that home. And in his case, it did. His wife was very ill, and she was ill in that home, and they lived with their parents upstairs, his parents, and they were sick. And so he had a lot of trauma surrounding that home. And so I don't know, a lot of people deal with it by just keeping the home exactly the same as it was when yeah. that person was alive, and it becomes like this you know time machine thing <laughs> like right. frozen in time i think yeah, i think a lot of people do that yeah i mean we don't have my family home it's not ours anymore but for the longest time it was and right. uh you go into my parents room and it was set up like my dad left it that that day when he walked out of the house and got in that car accident yeah. in front of our house a lot of people do that creepy man everything yeah. was still hanging up where it was supposed to be right yeah. Yeah, and, I think it's, it's And we strange. cleaned out a lot of the house and his office and this and that, but man, none of us touched that stuff. Mm-hmm. We just in a weird way wanted it to just be like that. My yep. mom was no longer living in the house, but 
every once in a while we'd stop in and and uh go to that room and just go oh yeah. my god this is like it, it time stopped time stops it freezes right and that's why they do it i think because yeah. that's the one place where they can go and pretend that everything's the same what a fucking nightmare though that was your first <laughs> so it was my relationship, first relationship yeah after losing don and then he cheated on me with another widow i ran a widow <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> It's no why it's hilarious because you guys it's are so, fucked up. No, and, and you'd find it funny too now because you're a comedian. Kelly's a very funny comic as well. Uh, yeah, it's hilarious because it's so sick. It is so sick. It's dark humor, man. That it, is crazy. It gets even sicker. It was I ran a widow support group for widowed people, and he was a widower, so I was like, oh, you should come to my support group that I run. It's a social group. We met for lunch, dinner, a couple times a month, and so he was like, oh, all right, I'll come with you. And he cheated on me with one of the widows in that group. And, like, they started showing up together. Like, him and I would go there together. And then one day, um, you know, I call him up to, to you know, hey, you want to you go together? You want to meet me to go to this thing? Yeah. Oh, I'm busy. And then he shows up with this other widow. And they're sitting together. And she's rubbing his leg right next to me. Why would they go there? Find another group, you sick fucks. Right? They wanted to, I think maybe, they wanted to, sh you know, maybe that was do their, it publicly. I was going to say, maybe that was their kink in a weird way. Yeah. That is strange. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, you're uh, obviously. People have you, weird kinks. Obviously, you're, you're better off without that guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. It was, even when I was with him, literally the first day that I was, our first date, I knew he was wrong for me and I knew it was awful. I was like, what the fuck am I doing with this guy? But I was so lonely. It was five years and I was, I just wanted something. Like I just missed something, right. you know? Right. And so, you know, that was that. Man. <laughs> and then I went into the world of dating. What, which, si what sites did you use? I feel bad for anyone who has to use any of these sites. Oh, I, had, the I used them all. You did? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I used OkCupid. Okay. That's where I, that's where I met my... I'm, I'm proposing to her in two days, no. so my future <gasps> wife, yeah. And she knows this? Doesn't know this? This, won't, this will be out after I propose. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you just gave it away. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, thank how, you. Do you know how you're doing that? Does it yeah, involve pee? No, <laughs> maybe afterwards to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell the story about the diamonds, man. Oh, I got lucky isn't the word. Um, She's Filipino, mm -hmm. and she's her, her mom, her sister are anti-diamonds. They won't wear diamonds. Blood diamonds. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So we were uh, we were away in January of this year, and I'm like, I'd marry you any day. I want to marry you right now. And she would like, always be like, where's my ring? I'm like, you want the truth? I'm cheap with certain stuff. I just can't spend that much money on an engagement ring. And she's like, I won't wear a real diamond. I only want a moissanite. So I thought she was bullshitting me. Right. Of course so, it's a moissanite. A moissanite. <laughs> yeah. So I hit up her sister, her mom, and they're like, dude, don't even get her a diamond setting. So right when I heard that, I know I had to lock it down. Wow. And that was in January. I took like, I'm like, let me see what you even like. And I took three pictures of it, never mentioned it again, and that I'm proposing uh, in two days. And That's how much is awesome. it costing you? <laughs> Not so a lot excited. at all. Let's just say pennies on the dollar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nothing, right? Nothing. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. Oh, I'm so lucky. I'm so excited. Yeah, 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 it's cool. For you. Congratulations, Mike. Thank you. So, okay, Cupid. Okay, I was on, Cupid. Okay, Cupid. Plenty of fish, which is where I met Nick. Oof, okay. I know, I know. That went downhill Leave quick. Me. It was good early on and went downhill quick. <laughs> wait, wait, what's the problem with uh, Plenty of Fish and Okay, Cupid? Like, They're explain all a crap these. Shoot. They're all a crap Yeah, but shoot. I, I felt because I was on Plenty of Fish, Okay, Cupid, and then uh, Tinder and Bumble. I was on all of them. I was on Bumble and I was on. So, um, let's explain. Zeusk. So you don't, Zeusk. I never heard of that one. It's 
You know what Tinder is, obviously. It's a swiping. I know all of them, but, but the what, one, what's the difference? The of... one good thing with Bumble is if we swiped, the girl has to write to you first. Yeah. So that was a good one. The women are in control on Bumble. Yeah, which is good. Uh, Plenty of Fish, it just got, like, grimy, and it got, like, very prostitute on mm. the guy's end. Like, you'd hit up girls, and they'd write to you right away, but they're, like, they're 10s and then 9s, and they would go right away to being dirty, and then right away they were prostitutes. So Plenty of Fish went... On the guy's like angle. actual prostitutes? Yeah, they were, oh. yeah, that went to guy <laughs> angle, so I got off that. And OkCupid was pretty much the most in the middle one I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's why I think it's a crapshoot, because I had more luck on Plenty of Fish. Mm-hmm. I had, like, actual real dates and, like, with normal people mm-hmm. and, you know, some weirdos, too, but OkCupid, no, no, I met a ton of weirdos. No, it's weird. We're, I mean, I'm older than you guys, but we're more or less within the same range. And isn't it strange, like... You move forward a whole bunch of years, and online dating is like the norm. Yeah, I come from a time you were yeah. like, if you were online trying to hook up, you mm-hmm. were yeah. you were into some something, right? Yeah. Something right. A, a little kinky or whatever. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't normal dating shit going on. And let me tell you, after being married and then widowed and, and trying to go out there again and like start over, you start your starting your life over at like you know, for me, I was like forty. Well, it was five years later, so I was like forty five, and. It's hard because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to do the dating sites. I didn't know what I was doing. And you just learn as you go. And there's so many wackos out there. Just weird people. Weird, 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 weird. In what way? That's why I said said earlier that it fascinates me when people have these weird kinks, for example. so, (laughs) So one of the dates I went on, the guy seemed normal, asked me, you know, the normal questions and um, said he wanted to take me out for dinner. Saw my picture and everything, you know, I put honest pictures up with my full body so he knew I was overweight. And we get to the restaurant and the conversation starts getting, he's asking me a ton of questions about food. And he's, you know, and he, and he seems very excited. You know, he's just like, so what are you going to order? <laughs> and I'm like, um, I don't know, the spaghetti and meatballs or, oh, you're going to get the ziti? Or the spaghetti? What are you gonna get? You think you're gonna get the ziti or, or the spaghetti? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'll get the ziti. Oh, okay. And he's like rocking back and forth. I'm serious. He was, he was a freak. And uh, what about the bread? <laughs> are you gonna start with bread? No, that he literally said that. <laughs> literally was like, you gonna, you gonna, you want garlic bread? Let's get, let's get, let's get some garlic bread. Let's get the waiter over here. And you know, get her some garlic bread. And so I would, you know, eat a little piece of garlic bread, and he's watching me. Oh, and he's just watching God. me eat. And he's, like, just making all these comments. And he's like, oh, yeah, you like you like that bread? Is it good bread? It's good bread, right? I'm like, yeah, it's very good. And I'm trying not to laugh. Why don't you put a little more of that bread in your mouth? <laughs> what do you say? He's like, oh, I like for to daddy. dip it in all of them. <laughs> Eat the bread for daddy. Oh, my God. And it it got really creepy. And so... You're going to order an appetizer, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, so if we were together, you know, like a couple, if we were together and we were in a relationship, I would would let you eat whatever you wanted, you know? And (laughs) and you could just eat, like, you know, if you wanted to eat, like, you know, four or five helpings, I would let you, and that would be awesome. (laughs) You could eat and eat and eat, and, and you could just get bigger and bigger, and I wouldn't care. I would be I'd be into that and I was like okay and you know like I wouldn't be into that that would not that's not the goal that I'm searching for and that, he just, that's that's a chubby chaser oh, that, beyond a, beyond yeah that, no that's a real thing with it the whole real thing. 
the whole um, turn on is to to keep feeding and to get bigger uh, let me and keep bigger feeding and you yeah, right and, and you preferably get to a point where you can't like, do you want me leave to your bed yeah like do you is that the goal right. that I explode that I right. spontaneously combust because so, so, that show like uh, my six hundred pound <laughs> life and all that fascinated with that show I love that show because <laughs> the in a lot of cases because they don't go down this road right. You know, a lot of the guys, you're like, why is he way thinner than yes. her? Aren't they eating the same shit? He is so skinny every time. Because he's into her getting as big as fucking possible. And yep. the show doesn't really tackle that part of the issue. He's the enabler. And, and all of a sudden, you could see the guy as he's putting a salad together and getting really <laughs> pissed off. Right? Like, fuck, I can't believe the cameras are here and she's actually going to lose weight. Yeah. They're not happy for no, the woman. not at all. And you or notice the women, it. women, I should say. You notice it, too. They yeah. always get all pissed off and they're not yeah. supportive once right. they start losing the weight. Right, and right. They're just like in the background. Because they feel like they're going to be useless. Yes, absolutely. You know? Because now they don't take care of her. Like she could actually, <laughs> she could actually, you know, uh, get out of bed now yes. and, and do yeah. a few things. Yeah. So some first, it's sort of a control thing, I think. Right. Because they're, when she's in bed and she literally can't move, they're controlling her. Right. It's like they're in control. Once she can get up and like walk. Yeah. <laughs> the control's gone. So that so so did you play into his fantasy? I I I I could not stop. I would have played into the fantasy just just to. He was so. You have played into the fantasy, Mike, for a little bit. (laughs) Especially you're on the date now. Yeah, I've been on shitty dates. You have to just go with it, make it fun. I'm not. I am. I'm telling you the truth. I think I would play around with a little bit out of the the curiosity factor. I think now I would, but this was like one of my first dates after Don died. This guy, like, I'm being you now. This guy's getting turned on by eating garlic nuts. Yeah, what the hell? I'll eat a whole basket of this shit and see what happens next. Right? But he was so fucking creepy that I Was I that his voice too? That was his voice. It was literally like, oh yeah, so you're going <laughs> to eat that bread. And <laughs> so he goes, uh, you're going to get dessert? Are you going to get dessert? And I'm like, um, sure. And that in my head, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to escape now. So I, I'm like, I got to go to the restroom. So I went out and pretended to use the restroom and call I call I think I called one of my friends and just told her like you don't believe what's going on here I just had to tell somebody and then my plan was to like, get the fuck out of there so as I was walking back to the table like he his table was like he wasn't facing me so I could see the back of him and you could just see like the back side of him and he's just you know jerking off under the table and you could just see him shaking oh, <laughs> come shaking on I swear I swear, he's jerking off at the table. What kind of restaurant did he take into you to? And no one else is noticing this. There was no one in there. I swear, I think he's done this before. Want to talk about? Like... A, now I know why all those tables are wobbly. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> there was like two other people in there. The water's moving like uh, it did in Jurassic Park. Right. This guy's just going to town on himself while you're going to the bathroom. Yeah, it was like three in the afternoon, and it was this little little Italian place in Queens. Like there was no one in there except two other people on the other side of the room. Well, I would assume if... So I, I got the fuck out of there. I was like, I am not going back to that table. He was so creepy. I would assume that the guy, you know, obviously, this is obviously his thing. So he figured yeah. out which restaurant, yes. what seat, what time, yep. that he could do all <laughs> of that. Yes. And he was totally normal, like, in our conversation before the date. Otherwise, obviously, I wouldn't have gone. But that's why, like, kink like that fascinates me it just fascinates me that the shit people are into it's like where does that come from you know it's it just i just always feel like most of that must come from some sort of weirdness that went on in your childhood or i i, have I don't a, know i have a theory i think it's some innocent thing that happened to you as a kid and then something just boink in your head 
That's why I'm like so paranoid not to do stupid shit in front of my kids. <laughs> right. I think the foot fetish thing is you Ugh. spend a lot of time on the floor and there's mommy with her bare feet and somehow, you know, that connected with Becomes you. Becomes a thing. Right. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you, you're, you're doing, you think you're doing uh, right by your kids by disciplining them and giving them a bare, ba- a bare bottom spanking. And next right. thing you know, that's their kink when they get older. Yeah. I don't know, but I feel like there's some kind of connection between, yeah. you know, early childhood and then what your, uh, what your sexual uh, yeah. thing that, that becomes. Makes, that makes sense. Whether it's innocent or sometimes not innocent. Like Unfortunately, Sometimes yeah. abuse or something yeah. like that. I was trying to keep that out of the yeah. discussion to keep it more fun. But yes, you're right. <laughs> But I, I really believe that yeah. a lot of that innocent stuff where you're thinking nothing yeah. of it. And, and then, you know, fast forward, the kid is now, you know, an adult or a teenager or whatever. And that's becomes their thing. Yeah. I had another guy with a, an extreme foot fetish that kept messaging me, asking for pictures of my feet. And I'm like, dude, I'm just not into the whole foot thing. Can you let it go? And he's like, I want to come to your apartment and clean your apartment. And he's like, you, and I'll pay you to clean your apartment, but you have to let me suck your toes. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you can clean my apartment. That'd be fucking awesome. But stay the fuck away from my feet. I don't want you touching my feet. And he, he wouldn't do it unless I would agree to the foot part. So I was like, yeah, no thanks. But I was going to have him come over and clean my apartment. <laughs> I, I think uh, for a clean apartment, you should have let him <laughs> clean your feet. I can't. I can't. You got ugly feet. I no, I just hate feet. I don't get the foot. Thing. I, I hate. I feet. don't get it. Yeah. But if you want to do it to you, why not? Like, I who cares about that? If you're not doing out. anything, you're just sitting there. I, that would gross me out. All right. I don't know. It grosses me out. Well, Mike. No, no, no. I'm not expecting <laughs> you at all. <laughs> Mike, no, 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 <laughs> no. You want him no, to come no. to your place? <laughs> but I'm curious. Like, <laughs> if you're just sitting there, who cares? If he gets off by licking your feet. Ugh. Oh, I don't think I could sit through it. When you were going on these weird I'd dates, kick him in the face. Were you were you uh, cursing your ex husband Don there? Oh, going yeah. fuck Don. Yes. I, I was like, you, what you, you know what? Uh, you know what I'm dealing with now? Yeah, every, every day. I was like, what the fuck is this? Is this what I have to look forward to? And I gave up so many times. I yeah. took breaks like from the dating site, and then you relapsed, right? And you relapsed. Oh, I relapsed so many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I took breaks. Like I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. These dates suck. Like there was just nothing good happening. All weirdos and or people that see. It seems like it's going somewhere. I had like four of those in a row, literally, where it seemed like it was a, a good relationship and we were getting along well. And it was you know two months, three months, and somewhere in that range. And then they just ghost you. They just yeah. totally disappear. No explanation, no anything. Wow. And that happened like three times in a row. What's to me. that about, Mike? Uh, there's so many options it's a out thing. there. You know, but online dating's it's sucky because are they uh, keeping all their all their balls in the air? Yeah, that's what it is. And then all of a sudden they're like, I guess. All of a sudden they're like, oh wait, I like this one better. But, yeah, but I'm not. But ta- sh- I'm talking about like it was an actual relationship. Like we were together. We were, you know, right. what they weren't like with other people. It was. It was uh, all of a sudden they just disappeared. Well, here's what would happen. I'd be dating a girl say for two months. Things would be going great, and then we don't hang out for three days. It's not like cheating where you go to a bar and you have to hit on girls. You can literally open the app yeah. and just swipe to 20 people or reactivate your account and yep. you have 20 new messages. From yep. 20. So if you're dating, you know, just say a blonde girl, and you're like, oh, I want to hook up with a different girl. On your, It's kind of like fetishizing it because so you, can easy. Just, you reactivate your account. You're getting 20 new messages from girls who wrote to you. Yeah. And as a guy, guys don't get 20 messages from girls. 20 girls don't hit on you in the bar. Right. It, it right. was just so easy to just try new things. It yeah. was... Yeah. I, I uh, the the younger generation of my family. I got to keep this a little vague. Uh, really good kid, young, nineteen ish. Had a girlfriend for two or three years, and they broke up. 
And I'm thinking, like, I know how much he cared about her and it was a good relationship. And it brings me back to when I first started dating around that age, 18, 19. You know, I was a late bloomer. And I'm, I remember the time I was devastated by a breakup, right? So I go to my, uh, I, I, fuck it, I'll say my brother-in-law. I, I go to my brother-in-law. I'm like, how's, uh, you know, how's he doing with the, the breakup? He's like, <laughs> he discovered the the apps. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's fine. He is so happy that he's single. And I and I thought to myself, this is younger generation. How the hell are they going to settle down? Yeah. It, it, if you got this at your fingertips, it's impossible. Yeah. It's scary. It, it really is. Scary. is. It's scary. It right. Is. But he laughed at me openly, like you have no. You mm-hmm. should see what he's doing now. Yeah. And you, you want to? And else. he goes. And he told me just so I could finish this. He he told me he goes. They're all doing it. All his friends. Yeah. They're all like, and and not in his case, somebody else. And and this is the truth. I'm not uh, throwing you off the scent here, but uh, I talked to. Uh, I, I can't say who I talked to, but I think I might have mentioned it in the podcast. But they said like these kids today, you know, we would wine and dine, yeah, have yep. a few drinks. You want to go out not to anymore. dinner, this and that, right? Now it's like, here's my tits, here's, here's my, my dick, dick. Well, and you, that's like the hellos for these kids now. Yeah, you want to know what the biggest thing is. Uh, Kelly, you and I would say yes to each other. We'd start texting. We might not meet for three days, yeah. but it's three days of texting, and it's like it eventually leads to the flirting. Yep. Oh, where'd you just go on vacation? Let me see a bikini picture. Oh, yep. he, and then so the first time you meet, you've yeah. seen them basically naked already. Right. You've talked for three days straight, yep. and you're already like, okay, let's go for drinks. Yeah. What else is there? Yeah. yeah it, you've had it, all the it, flirtations. Yeah. You've, yeah. you've had the, you know, the, the cyber sex sometimes. Everything, yeah. The, the sexting, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I got to say, though, part of that isn't bad because I think a lot of people, I think the divorce rate is so high because I think a lot of people just simply settle. You know, they, they have that first person that's into them and they I think most people that end up getting divorced, they already know that it wasn't right, but they didn't have anything else going on. So we we call it uh, settling. And next thing you know, you know, obviously it's going to go bad because you, you really truly weren't made for each other. Now with these the dating apps and you could go through some numbers and but really understand what you're into. What is bad about it, though, I think. Oh, is there's the way certainly that, a bad side. Yes. Well, I think it's the way that people just like delete each other from their life. You know, it's like you just discard somebody so quickly. You well, know, because the, of the online thing. Sadly, that's the world we live in, though. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, yeah. No one, no one gives a fuck about anybody. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Sad. I think it's sad. I think it's sad, too. <laughs> you know. I'm a bit old-fashioned. Yeah, and I definitely miss, like... Like, that asshole should at least said, hey, man, you know, I, it was going well, but... It, just, right. Say something. Right. I, I, I'm having second thoughts. I'm, I'm still thinking about my... Yeah. You know, my... My... Yeah. My... Uh, my loved one or whatever. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or really be honest and go, guess what? I found somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. But and to I, just ghost you is a, I didn't, I never heard that term before. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a whole, it's a term, ghosting. Yeah. That's like in the online dating world, it's a thing. Right. And it happens all the time to everybody. And the reason they do it is because they can, but also because they don't want to deal with you face to face and they don't have to. So right. they just disappear. Right. You know, they don't want to confront that. Well, they no don't want to say like, oh, you know, they just don't want to. No one likes to confront. No. And if they do, um, you know, the, if they do, they'll break over, break up over a text. You know, like they don't call. They don't 
you know, you don't sit down for dinner and like have a conversation. It's just you get this random text like, yeah, sorry to do it this way, but this isn't going to work out. I got a couple of those, too, after wow. two, three months. I'm like, wow. what? Really? This is how you're doing it? Right. Yeah, sorry. So then you have to go back have to- Have a nice life. That's what I got. Have so, a nice life? I'm like, what is this, my high school yearbook? <laughs> <laughs> have a nice life. <laughs> have a nice life? And all of a sudden, now you're looking up the guy that wants to watch you eat. <laughs> I got to go backwards. I got to do another meal with that sick fuck. Get my bearings together. <laughs> Things never got that bad. Right. Any other crazy dates in that in that world? Those Those two are the- those are pretty crazy, right? Yeah. I had some, I had a lot of crazy. Yeah, those are those are. I talked to a lot of crazy people. Not necessarily had like went as far as the dates, but I talked to a lot of really bizarre, just weird people. the 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 place I met the most bizarre people was when I was working for. I, I did like phone sex for a few years in the city. Wow. This was like ten years ago, or or longer, fifteen years ago. For were you like with three Don? Years. Yeah, he knew. He knew. What, when you he were dating? I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was, well, it was when I met him, because like, him and I met long distance years ago in 1998 in a music chat room. That's how we met. In an AOL music oh. chat room about 1980s song lyrics. It was very innocent. That's how oh, Don that's and I met. Oh, that's why you knew the, the cutting crew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm huge with 80s lyrics. I love 80s lyrics. Give me one, man. <laughs> What's your favorite 80s lyrics? Um... Poor old Johnny Ryan. <laughs> you know that, right? Yes. Come on, Eileen. Dexie's Midnight What, what the fuck are they saying? It's Subaru. I have no clue what the hell they're saying. It's like something about a Subaru. I don't, I'm lost. And then finally everyone starts saying, come on, Eileen. Yeah, yeah. And then he yeah. goes back to, oh, yeah. 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 I do a whole bit about 80s music. The oh, give one. me another one, man. Okay, the other we got one. a nice audience here. They would love to hear this. <laughs> I love 80s Fuck music. Fuck it, go off track for a little bit. The other one is, um, well, one of my favorites is the Safety Dance, yeah. Men Without Hats. Yes. If you've ever really listened to the lyrics in that song, they're kind of fucked up. Yeah. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. Right. Like, what the fuck Why, is that? No reason to get so like, aggressive. Relax. Right, like, the fuck kind of Nazi song is that? It's so true. Like, excuse me, do you dance? No? Well, fuck you! Right. Like, what do you get so angry right, at? Right. Yeah, they're no friends of mine. <laughs> All like, right, dude, dude we, don't have to, we don't have to dance. Right. We can I, go bowling. I fucking can... sprained my ankle. Give me a break here. <laughs> I don't dance. Relax. Oh, my God. I never looked at it that There's way. There's other things we can do besides yeah. dance. Because to me, it was just a happy tune. But now yeah. that you put it that way, yeah. yeah. The lyrics are totally This guy has a totally problem. Up. <laughs> right. Yes, he has a problem. <laughs> Why is he so obsessed with dancing? <laughs> right. Um, Jesse's Girl is another favorite because it has the worst rhyme scheme of all time, the worst rhyming lyric. I think it's so dirty when they start talking cute. Wanna tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. <laughs> Why moot? You? Like, who the fuck says moot? Why would it be moot? Who says moot right. in ever, in any situation? Like, right. have you ever heard someone actually say no. moot in a com normal conversation? No, of course not. And that lyric does not fit. It doesn't fit. There's too many fucking syllables. Yeah. doesn't fit. So it's a horrible lyric. Yeah. I don't like that You used that to call one. that shoehorning. <laughs> Shoehorning? Yeah, where you're adding too, in the DJ days? Too, too many words in there. Too yeah. many words. So you're shoehorning an extra word or two. Yeah, in and there. it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. When I tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's way too many it's like six too many syllables. <laughs> what a nerd. 
That's why she doesn't love you. I you love 80s words music. Like moot. I love 80s music. Casey Kasem. Mm-hmm. He was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I started really getting into radio, I would listen to a lot of Casey Kasem in my room. Yeah, he was the best. The long distance dedication. And now it's time for our long distance dedication. Right. Wow. <laughs> I do a good Casey. Not bad for a female. <laughs> a viewer writes, <laughs> right. dear Casey, <laughs> right. a friend and I were playing in the forest. <laughs> That night on the news, we saw that there was a forest fire in that same forest. We were blamed, but we didn't start the fire. <laughs> Could you please play Billy Joel's oh, We Didn't Start the Fire? He's a liar. It's the kind of shit he would yeah, do. Casey Kasem was just a liar. <laughs> he would just make wa- shit up. Right. He wanted to play We Didn't Start the Fire, right, so like right. he wrote a little letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would just like, Who the make, hell would make write shit in and, and a letter like that? Ponderous. Fucking ponderous. And the famous, you know, dead dog dedication. Yes, right. <laughs> Maybe Joey will uh, fit it in somewhere right. on. Right, exactly. During this episode, but that's my favorite of all time. As he was like trying to do the dead dog dedication. That was the best. And then he, was, and then he just flips his, out. Flips out and then goes right back to goes being right somber back. again yeah. over the dead dog. <laughs> right. What was the, what did he say? Where are those pictures? Yeah. Where are those pictures I asked for? <laughs> and he's just screaming at his whole staff and then goes, hi, I'm Casey. Hi, Fingo. I'm this, Casey Gates. This one's about a little dog named <laughs> Snug- Snuggle. Uh, Snuggles. Oh, God, we used to play this all the time. And I, don't I know. Remember Goddamn all. dog dedication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So you met Don. <laughs> and talking and- about a freaking dog. Well, it's taken 65 episodes, Greg, but we finally reached my all-time favorite YouTube video. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles. I'm coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This is a god, last goddamn time. I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and i got to talk about a fucking dog dying. <laughs> a- any other lyrics? I'm loving this bit. Um, got one more? Yeah. Let me think. i got one more. i got one more. Yeah. Um, the safety dance one is the safety best. safety dance one you is a good one. You missed that one, Mike. It's a good one. Yeah. It's the science one. Science! Oh, blinded by science? She blinded science? me with science! How do you blind someone with yeah, science? Yeah, like, what the fuck does that mean? But we all went with it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she deafened me with algebra! <laughs> right. like, what does that mean? I don't know. It's absolutely no sense. <laughs> Maybe a beaker exploded. <laughs> she paralyzed me with conversational Spanish! <laughs> Just a weird song. <laughs> there she goes again. She blinded me with science. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Dolby. Thomas Dolby. You know what his other song was? No. I don't know that uh, one. My, about a submarine. My submarine is missing. What? One of our submarines. Yeah. One of our submarines is missing. I have no clue what that song is. Yeah. So. I only know science. Science! <laughs> so you met Don in an 80s uh, chat room about 80s yeah, lyrics. An AOL. Right. 1980s chat room. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Long ago in 1990. So you guys, oh, so you met uh, Long Distance. Where we was he from distance, originally? Florida. 
Florida. And then yeah. he moved up to New York to seven be with you. Seven years later. We had a seven-year-long distance relationship. And then he moved up to be here with me. Were you guys diddling York. on the phone and stuff? <laughs> yeah. The phones? <laughs> yeah. The phone sex? Yeah, because I can't imagine, like, back yeah. then you had a lot of money to go back and forth to Florida. We did go back and forth to Florida. <laughs> I never met Don, by the way, and I've known Kelly for, I don't know how long, probably 10 years now. No, uh, yeah, probably, no. Yes, yes. Whatever, but I I feel like I know the guy, which means she does a good job. That's that's uh, the yep. job of the people that uh, stay on Earth. Yes. To make yes. sure people don't forget about their uh, loved ones that have passed and make sure they're still represented in this world. Yeah. And I, you do a good job of that, Kelly. We should all be so lucky, Greg, to have a Kelly in our lives. Someone who keeps a picture over the bed that we bought while she's banging the next piece of shit. They got to put up with that. I love you, Kelly. I'm imagining Nick feels like Don was his best friend at this point. Boo! Carl, bring us up to speed. I'm bringing it up to speed. Here we go. <laughs> Hang on, everybody. Okay. There she goes. So then uh, Don comes up to New York. Yes. And, and, and then he's got to deal with you as a, a phone sex operator? Well, I had I had been doing that job. Um, like, I, I was on the tail end of it, I think, when I met him. Like, I, was, I did that for maybe another seven or eight months, and then I ended up leaving. So I was there for about three years, but most of it was when I didn't know him. Yeah. He thought it was funny. Like, I just told him in conversation, like, yeah, I do I do phone sex for a part-time job. And he's like, no way, that's hysterical. So he would always ask me for stories. And Well, let's back up a little bit. So why did you decide to do that? How did you get recruited? Were you, were you going through the yellow pages? Like, how do you even <laughs> become a phone sex operator? So it's pretty damn easy. You just have to have a sexy voice, and there you go. That's it. That's the one requirement. Then that you know, they don't care about anything else. Um, but you called up a, a company or? I was hanging out with my two gay friends one day that, and we were looking in the Village Voice, I think it was, and they, were, they saw an ad for phone sex and they kind of dared me to call. They were like, you should do that. You have a great voice. And I called and got an interview and I got the job. What's the interview process? <laughs> the interview process. Can you eat this bread? <laughs> <laughs> I guess they just want to hear your voice. They just want to hear your voice, and they want to make sure that you can just go with anything, like in a conversation, because your job in that call is actually not to get them off. That is your job eventually, but your job is to keep them on the phone as long as humanly possible so that that company makes money and so that I make money before they come. That's your job. Right. Like, if you keep them on the phone for, you know, 47 seconds, nobody's making any money. You're making like a buck. But if you keep them on the phone for a half hour, an hour, 20 minutes, or sometimes two, three hours, I'd be talking to people. Oh, my God. Then you're making some good money. Right. You know, because that's where the money is made. It's like the, the, what they're paying to talk to you goes up. So the interview minute. process, though, you're sitting there. What kind of questions are they asking you? And are they making you read scripts or, or are they like? No, nope. they what? just said, can you improvise? You know, um, will you go with any situation? And um, they... There's a lot of actors there. Like, you know, I'm an actress and a comedian and stuff. So uh, there was a lot of other actors there, too. And it's just very easy. It's a very easy part-time job for actors because that's what it is. You're just playing different roles. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, they, they did have a few, like, suggested scripts for different situations. So you'd be sitting at a computer and um, the call would come in and it would tell you 
like what the what the fetish is or what the turn on is it would say like this is a submissive call you are a submissive girl you are in college you are 19 like it would tell you all that and so you play that character and you answer as that character and you make up a name and it's all like very but did you have to go somewhere or mm-hmm. yeah they didn't it was put here a, in manhattan they didn't put a system in your house nope this was like were you next to other people this was like the late 90s you know so it so, wasn't so was like, the workplace kind of sleazy no no it was nice yes it was like if you walked in there you would think it was wall street or something Come like on. No, i'm serious it was just it was like right down in the chelsea area very nice area they had you know one floor of a huge high rise and lots of little cubicles about a hundred of them and there'd be anywhere from 50 to 100 girls working at once, and then a few managers and supervisors and security guards and stuff. It was a nice office, like really nice office. But could you hear the person next to you? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> was, the Mike, whole thing that's was weird, weird yeah, right? I don't get that. No, Do you the have whole a question? thing was weird. No, no, my thing was you. I thought you'd be home doing it. No, now, can... today, yes, but like back then, no. But how do you get into your character if you hear someone else? Like you're submissive and you have a yeah. teen girl next to you. Wasn't it throwing you, just you off? No, yeah. <laughs> you just ignore it. No, just ignore it. It didn't throw me off. Did, did you ever laugh? Oh, yeah. Hearing like somebody else? I laughed at my the people I was talking to. What what, what made you laugh? Shit. Like what? I don't. I. It's so bizarre. Some of it's not even sexual. I still don't get it. This is again why people fascinate me with kinks because they make no sense. So this one guy called all the time, all the time, all the time, and what he wanted was for he wanted me to pretend that I was driving a car and that he is a bug on my windshield and he just we he would just keep saying no put your windshield wipers on put them on put your windshield wipers on and squash me squash me i'm a bug squash me and he would make me like tell him that i'm squashing him and into my windshield wipers and then he would come he would like go crazy over this he'd be like oh yeah squash me squash me oh that's so fucking hot and then he would come Oh, my God. Like, isn't that disturbing and weird and just not even sexual in any way? Would I you mean, get the same callers? Like, would yes. you, so the bug guy would always go to you? He would always go to me. <laughs> he like, liked the how, way I told how him How did he to, know to go to you? Like, you had operated number? Yes, had a number. Wow. I was 111. Really? <laughs> yeah, we had a number. Good old 111. Yeah, yeah we had a number. I, I feel and so, fortunate we're talking about 111. <laughs> <laughs> You probably did talk to me at the past. But no, he um yeah, they would we would have a number and then we would change names depending on the character, just make it up in the moment. But there was a list of names you could choose from just, you know, so you wouldn't have to think of names. I would imagine it was kind of fun. It was fun sometimes. And then like other times you were creeped out. Uh, it was so creepy. There was so many creepy people and we didn't have to talk to people that like wanted to talk about illegal shit. Like, you know, if they tried to make you be under 18 and stuff like that, you could hang up on them. Thank God. Because I would. I, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Because um, I, I couldn't do that. No, I know you couldn't. But were there others? That did it? Yeah. Probably. Wow. To get the money, probably. Wow. But we weren't supposed to. Like, we weren't supposed to stay on those calls. Gotcha. Um, because the company could get in trouble, you know, right, for, right. for encouraging that. Sure, sure. So, um, or, and, you, and, or you would have to say, as the, as, the, as the fantasy girl, you would have to constantly say, but I'm 18, right? I'm 18. I just look 16. Like, you would have gotcha. to say that so that it would be recorded. 
So the old workaround. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. And were the bosses cool? Were they normal people yeah. or were they a little creepy? Or? Totally normal people. Half of them were <laughs> guests at my wedding. Like, <laughs> totally Re- normal people. So it was a good group of people. Really good group of people. And just normal. But the funny thing was- Can I you ask you how much you made? Yeah, the money was shit. Oh, it was. Not at all like you would think. I don't remember what the hourly was, but it was not good, like 12 an hour or something. And then you would get commissions based on how long you kept them on the phone. And then you would get more commissions if the same person called you back. So, like, you'd get a request. Right. And so repeat customers, you'd get, like, I don't know, five bucks or something for them calling you specifically. Right, right. And then, so if you kept someone on the line for, I don't know, an hour, then... I don't remember what it was, but it was, you know, two ninety nine a minute or something and that they were paying. And then you would get a percentage of that. And that percentage went up yeah. every 30 minutes or something. So some hours you would make really good money and some hours you wouldn't, but you had the base pay. So was it was okay it, money, but it wasn't like what you would think. You would think it would be great money. Yeah, yeah. It really wasn't. Was it ever a turn on? <sighs> um, rarely. Rarely. Uh, so that that's kind of uh, that's sort of a yes. It's sort of a yes, but rarely. I mean, there was. There I would was, I would believe the answer would be yes. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Yeah. Well, rarely. I mean, there was there was very few people. But every once in a while, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, because everyone yeah. is probably not a fetish one. So sometimes right. the guy right. just wants to. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Is that every every once in a while you'd get just a normal like nice person, and that was <laughs> that was more of a turn on than anything because it was like, oh, finally somebody normal that just wants to get up, you know. And then yeah, that would be kind of a turn on, I guess. Right. You know, but like so many of them were just so strange. There was a lot of lonely people. That just like, it was almost like they were calling just for somebody to talk to. And there was this one guy, it's, it's almost sad, but funny at the same time. But um, he would call and he would play PlayStation. He would have, he had a PlayStation game and he would just play it. I don't remember what the game was, but he would just sit there and describe to me what he was doing. And it wasn't sexual, it was just him playing a game. And then he would want me to cheer him on, like oh in, the, in his game playing. <laughs> like he wanted a friend there while he oh. played his PlayStation. Way to go, champ. Oh. Yes. That's Way sad. to go. Way to go. And he'd be like, yeah, thanks. And he would just like talk like having a conversation with a, with a friend really sad. that he had to pay. Did it lead to sex? Yeah. No. Getting off, I mean. Never. Never. He would just like oh. randomly hang up. And I would imagine some of the girls would maybe try to meet some of these guys, right? Um, If they did, they probably got fired. But yeah, if they got caught, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I would. I don't know. I don't know that mm. that happened. I'm sure it probably did. But I can I can relate in a little a little in a little way because when you do radio, as long as I did, I was a music jock for a while. Yeah. And I I did overnight shifts and stuff. The phone calls that would come in. Oh my <laughs> god. Same same stuff, man. Girls Weird. that just wanted to get off and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They would make believe they're calling to, to uh, you know, hear a song or something. Next yeah. thing you know, they're just playing with themselves. And you're like, you're you're bored and young and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. free. Yeah. And you're like, what? I'm yeah. going with this. What yeah. the hell? Why yeah, not? Because they like your voice. It was insane, and, though. Yeah, totally. It's completely insane. Right. They're, they would come home drunk from the bars and, like, right. they have no one else to talk to. Right. And, they, you know, it's Buffalo. I mean, you could get yeah. through to a radio station easily. And next thing you know, man, boom. <laughs> The very first call that I got there when on my first day there was, it was like 
20 seconds long. And he, the guy picked up the phone, and I'm all scared. It's my first call. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, okay, you know, hi, you know, <laughs> this is Amelia, or whatever my name was that day. And <laughs> and he goes, I have a stake in my ass. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, what? And he's like, I have a stake up my ass. And I, I just paused. Like, I had no idea what to say. And it was my first call, and I'm like, uh. Is it cooked? <laughs> like, yeah, what do you do with that? Like, what do I do with that? Yeah, I had no idea. Bone and he, in? <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, no, it's raw. And then he just like, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. And just hung up. It was like 20 seconds. It's like, okay, this is going to be an interesting job. Great. I just made 37 cents off that phone call. Yeah, yeah, 37 cents. And Don, and Don, your ex, knew that you would leave the apartment to go do this job for a while. Yeah. Was he ever jealous he, or pissed? It, or like, No, it was never when we were living together because we had a long-distance relationship for right, the right. first seven years. So it was when he was still in Florida. Right. So he would, like, ask me about it, you know, when we would talk. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, these guys sound like freaks. Yeah, he just thought it was hysterical. Oh, I, I'm sure you two found the uh, the comedy in it. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was great. There was one guy, uh, um, we called him the umbrella guy. It, it, he had the same fantasy every single time, and it was very, very detailed. And it was like, he would stay on the phone for like two hours. So I loved talking to him because it, it was great money, but he was so boring. But his fantasy, his name was Steve, and his fantasy was... That he was in his office and he would like make you go through this whole thing like you knew the scenario like he would explain the scenario he was like this is what you're going to do i'm in my office you're going to tell me um we're going to have a normal conversation and in the middle of the conversation you're going to use the word umbrella and when you say the word umbrella it's going to hypnotize me and i'm going to slowly start to become stephanie Instead of Steve. Ew. So, like, during the conversation, so then oh, I... You want to say ew? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll allow it. Ew. With this we'll P culture, that we, uh, oh. PC culture we got, that's an ew. <laughs> it's an ew. I'm saying ew because of the umbrella. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so then I would, ahead, have, I would have, you know, a conversation with him, and I'd be like, yeah, so, you know, I was going, walking up the street, and, you know, it started to rain, and so I had to get out my umbrella, and then there's this pause on the other line, and he's like umbrella umbrella must become stephanie umbrella <laughs> and he starts like becoming this female and his voice starts turning more female and he's like i'm not steve anymore i'm stephanie now and then he starts talking in this creepy female voice and then it from there it turns into tell me to go into my desk and get the vodka out of my desk and start swigging it. Okay, go into your desk and swig that vodka. And he starts swigging. And you could hear him, like, swigging Slug. something. Like, right. he was actually doing this stuff. The hair standing up. It was creepy. That is so creepy. And so then, like, it would always end the same way, which was he would he would tell me to make him go into different drawers in his, in his uh, desk. And in each drawer was, like, different panties and, you know, all these different things that he would put on. Make me put on the panties now. Okay, now I'm going to put on the bra. And then he would put on this whole outfit and become Stephanie. Let me put on the makeup. And then he would get in his car. And he, you could hear him turning the key and everything. And he was like, oh, now tell me to go to the, you know, whatever those places are called, where you go and suck dick behind a <laughs> glory hole. <laughs> that's, that's where he wanted me to take him. That took he's a like, turn. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, so, un and, I, and he's like, I have to do it because you're telling me to. I have to. I'm Stephanie and I do whatever I'm told. 
And then the call would end with him, like, getting out of the car and, like, going into the place. Who knows if he was actually doing it, but that was, like, he would go through the whole entire scenario. And he would call, like, three times a week for two hours on the phone. This whole process would take two hours. And it was never any different. It was the same conversation, like, word for word. It was, like, the routine of it that he got off on, I think. How does it get to that? Like, how how does your life become that? Going back to the, we were talking about dumb, innocent fetishes, like, you know, feed and maybe a bare bottom spanking when you're right. an adult or whatever, but how does it, how become, does it, get, like, how does it become that? What happened in your alive. life where all of a sudden, like, yeah. uh, the wires are now crossed? And I have to say, I have to tell you that the most common fantasy by far, can, can you guess? Because I bet you'll be wrong. Uh, See, I would just go. A phone, a phone sex yeah, what okay. was the most common uh, thing that people wanted? I would go with schoolgirl. That seems like everybody would want that. That was common, but okay. it's not the not the most common. Uh, threesome? Uh, no. Sort of, but not really. <laughs> they would use the threesome in order to get this. To get this fantasy. That would be their justification to get there. What is role-playing with the Disney princess? Uh, <laughs> having sex with the... Same sex? Yeah. Yeah. Guys. Really? Yeah. Guys that were most of the time married, had right. girlfriends, totally straight guys. Um, but they would start it off saying it's a threesome fantasy. Right. They would say, oh, so my fantasy is to have a threesome, you know, with, you know, me and me and you and another guy. And they would start off saying, like, they wanted to watch me with the guy. And then... Every time it would turn into like, yeah. So what if, what if while you're while you're sucking his cock, what if I got in there too and I helped you? <laughs> <laughs> what if we both started sucking it? What would what would happen then? And then you know I'd have to continue. Like it would always end up that way. Like they had this fantasy of like they wanted to be with another guy, but they did never they never wanted to admit it. It was my idea and they had to do it because I talked them into it. Wow. That was the fantasy. And that was what the biggest fantasy. By far. By far. Yeah. By far. Man. There's a ton of guys out there that want dick. Wow. <laughs> that aren't well that aren't getting right, right, you know, right. that aren't living that lifestyle. This is eye opening. Yeah. That's why it's How did you not laugh? I did. At half this shit. I did. I so pressed you... the fucking mute button and oh, laughed. The moot. <laughs> the moot. <laughs> the moot button. The, the answer is moot. <laughs> I did laugh. Constantly. I, I, I would imagine it was kind of fun. That sounds like a fun job it until... It started out fun. It got really What exhausting. made you go, I can't do this anymore? When I started hating men. When I started hating all men because... I'm telling you 70% of the calls were just creepy and weird and a lot of the ones that were over the line like you know they want to talk to little kids and be sexual <laughs> with little kids and stuff like that and I just couldn't take it I was like this is sick I don't right. want to talk about this stuff and um, when that became overwhelming like where I just started getting bitter and hating men I was like I need to leave this like go. this is not cool I don't want to feel this way were there a lot of women that called um, no. Not many. Maybe like five in the whole three the years whole, I was there. You did it for three years. Wow. Yeah, part time, but yeah. 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 L- let's get back to your, uh, <laughs> I want to make sure people get your book. Yeah, you know. Um, get the book, get the book. It's on Amazon. Get the damn book. I can read something from it if you want. Yeah, that would be good. 
Could do that. I'm still in shock over Stephanie. <laughs> over Stephanie. I'm read. usually not at a loss for words, but I'm like, how am I going to seg out of the phone sex gonna, thing? Yeah. Go back to the book. It's not easy. A little bit, and then uh, wrap this damn thing up. It's not easy to uh, to segue out of that one. It really isn't. Anything else you, you wanted to talk about today? Um, uh, I don't think so. I yeah. think I think we covered everything. And you're in a, a decent relationship now. I'm in a very loving, awesome relationship. Way more normal. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. He's a great guy. Are you still living with mom and dad up there in Massachusetts? <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> Appreciate that. Your, your life is a blast. <laughs> I my goal is to get the hell out of my mom and dad's basement in the next year. So let's let's oh, make that happen. Oh, they love you. Yeah, well. Let's let's make that happen. Let's let's sell me some books so I can get the hell out of there. Yeah, we should do that. What do you want to read from the book before we uh, wrap up? Well, let's see. I can give you a couple choices. I can just read a section that's like kind of funny and kind of real and sad. Sure. You want me to do that? Yeah. Uh, okay. The name of the book again, and this is for Don, obviously, who uh, passed unexpectedly. This book is heavy. It's called "My Husband Is Not a Rainbow," right? Which is based on um, a comment someone made to me about him being a rainbow after he died. Right. He's a rainbow. I saw him in the sky. <sighs> <laughs> so this is called "Country Music Hell," and just to set it up a little bit, um, I <clears throat> this is probably two or three weeks after he died so it's very early on and i'm home uh with my parents in massachusetts i was still living in new york at the time but i was home um i think it was after the funeral and i was taking a couple weeks off to be with them so this is just a typical day in the car um a couple weeks after the biggest loss of my life um so today we were in my parents' car going somewhere and my dad put on some horrific country music station. Not only did he put it on, but for some reason we couldn't shut the speakers off in the back seat, which is where I was sitting. So the sounds of Travis Tritt or Randy Travis or whoever the fuck it was, was blaring in my eardrum. I started listening to the annoying twang of the guitar and all the praising of Jesus and America and beer, and I felt myself starting to get nauseous. This was, of course, one of the few times in the past month that I actually wasn't already feeling nauseous to begin with. So the fact that country music made me feel nauseous just got me angry, which made me more nauseous. You see the pattern forming here. Then I started thinking about how much Don hated country music, even more than I hated it, and all the times that we would mock how every country song sounds exactly the same, has the same topics, similar sounding voices, and the same three chords and how every country singer's name even sounds the same. I used to joke that when you become a country singer, they hand you a big book of names to choose from, and there are only about 40 names total in that book. It's true, they are all parts of the same name, just switched around or in a different order. Brooks and Dunn, Garth Brooks, Toby Keith, Keith Urban, Trace Atkins, Reb Atkins, Alan Jackson, Jackson Montgomery, Montgomery Gentry, Leanne Womack, Leanne Rhymes. I could do this all day. Don and I used to laugh about this for hours. He would get out with the guitar and start strumming up a country-sounding tune, and I would start singing it in this obnoxious, twangy voice and make up lyrics on the spot. We would write instant country songs just to show how easy it was and how bad most of them are. We did this mostly to amuse ourselves when we were bored, broke, and inspired. But one time we did this for my mom, and we got her laughing pretty hard. So I'm in the car, and now I start thinking about how Don and I both couldn't stand American Idol winner Scotty McCreary. I called him Scotty Baby Lock Them Doors McDreary, or the tool on the stool. 
and how we both predicted from day one that he would win the whole show because America loves a boring white guy who sits on a stool and sings about trucks and Jesus in a low voice. Don did the funniest impression of him. It was hysterical, and I would laugh every single time he did it. I would actually make him do it for me. I would request it often. Do it. Do Scotty. The impression was of him singing that song that he sang on Idol. And he would sing the lyrics, Baby, lock them doors and turn the lights down low. He would sing it and make these faces that Scotty made where his mouth went over to one side, and it made me laugh so hard. So the stupid country song is getting louder and louder, or it seemed that way in my head. And then it goes from Travis Tritt to that obnoxious Carrie Underwood, Jesus Take the Wheel song. I started to breathe really fast, the tears started coming again, and I felt another panic attack coming on. It wasn't anything about the lyrics or the songs themselves that was making me emotional. It was the idea that the music was so lame and that it was making me think of Don and I mocking it and that we would never again laugh that way together. And for some reason, being in the backseat of a car, seatbelt on, nowhere to run or escape to, is usually what makes me get that trapped, claustrophobic feeling that I've become so familiar with in this past month. I started to focus on my breathing and try to slow it down until I finally felt as if my heart was beating correctly again. At that moment, my mom was looking at me quite concerned and asked if I was okay. Do you want the music off, she asked. All I could do was shake my head yes, but what I really wanted was for Jesus to take the wheel and drive us straight into the nearest lake somewhere, just so I could get out of this hellish prison of a car. Tonight, my parents are inviting Ev over to watch the Country Music Awards. Wonderful. I'm stuck in a condo where the huge TV will be blaring song after horrible song for three mind-numbing hours, watching men in ridiculous hats parade around and sing about whiskey and cheating wives. I must find a method of escape. Dawn is so damn lucky to be dead. Wow. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> that, that's well written. Thank you. Yeah, so that's just a little piece. Yeah. But it's kind of real time like that, you right. know, just little snippets you're in the book Ooh! <laughs> I, I asked for the book before we did this episode mike yeah Stop this is me your copy look. and she goes you'll never read the whole thing i'm like i'm a good reader and then i looked i'm like oh my god it's 800 pages <laughs> no it's actually 600 and it's six only 600 and only something. 600 pages you'll do it it's a good read i absolutely I have faith in you. no i'll absolutely read the whole thing so how do people get the book uh just go to amazon and search my husband is not a rainbow it's right there on kindle and paperback that's the best way. My friend Kelly Lynn. Uh, it's me. How do they get a hold of you? Twitter and all that. Twitter at Kelly is Kelly K E L L E Y. Uh, Instagram same, and Facebook Kelly Lynn. Um, yeah, and that's it. Those are the three best ways. This was a great episode. This was fun. Well, we I, always have fun. Yeah, I mean, after that reading, <laughs> I mean, we gotta just end this thing. That was that was beautiful. Thank you. Really nice. Yay. And heartfelt. <laughs> All right. Joey? No Greg. more pee? Nothing about pee? <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> never live it down. <laughs> Get with the Joey. Joey, take it away. I will. I will. Again with the Joey. <laughs> you still don't know who Joey Last is. Last time I'm like, who the fuck is Joey? I think it started with your episode. Because we She's were like, outside, and yeah. you're like, Joey, take it away. I'm like, who the fuck yeah. is Joey? Where's Joey? Is Where he watching home? this? <laughs> is he in a tree somewhere? <laughs> Does that. he also like steak up his ass? <laughs> that was you like awesome. to be Peter? Yeah, awesome. That was great. <laughs> I, uh, yeah.
Does he uh, like to be beat up? <laughs> Are you talking to imaginary people? Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was awesome. Always have fun. Of course we do. Great job, Greg, Kelly Lynn, and even Mike Sappho. That was fun. We got to hear more of your pee-pee stories. We'll leave a link in the description for Kelly Lynn's book, My Husband is Not a Rainbow, Asshole. No, that's not actually the title. My Husband is Not a Rainbow. In the meantime, we go to 888-505-OPIE with your calls. Go. What's going on, guys? Steve from New York. Wanted to get this in quick. Want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Joey, Opie, Carl, Vic Henley, Sherrod, the whole gang. I love you guys. Keep on going. Opie, I love hearing how happy you are on these podcasts. The end of 64 got a little, little real, but I completely understand where you're coming from, brother. I'm with you. Most of us are with you. Thanks for the interaction on Instagram. You guys know who you are. I'll see you next year. God bless you, Steve. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Next. (laughs) Okay. All right, go. Dwayne from Tampa. Checking in. It's my third time on the OP Radio Podcast. Hotline. Just got done with the uh, Gebert episode. Number what? 63? I always thought the same thing about Marie and Vic Henley. Wondering if Marie would start calling Vic Henley once the uh, divorce was final. But I guess uh, Vic's a little old for Marie. (laughs) Wrap it up, Joey! (laughs) I will. Thank you. Once again, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. Also, comment in the comment section. Get to opiradio.com for cool merch. Holidays are here. What are you waiting for? Check out some of my songs at joeysalvia.com and a special treat for you right now for the holidays. I got in touch with my friend at EB Guitar Man. I laid some tracks down for a Christmas song and said, EB, will you be so gracious to put your talent on this track? It's a collaboration, EB Guitar Man and Joey Salvia. Here you go. Thanks for listening to Opie Radio.
Westwood One Podcast Network. The Jim Ross Report. My main event right now as it stands would be the individuals that are quote-unquote are the most over and the fans care the most about. Charlotte versus Becky versus Ronda Rousey. There's no reason that those three ladies could not adequately and powerfully close a WrestleMania. They are over. The Jim Ross Report. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free, Free. from the Westwood One Podcast Network.